Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we talk about a new automation feature in Nokia's SR Linux Network OS that lets you automatically run scripts to fix problems when an event occurs. Nokia is our sponsor. Our guest is Roman Doden. He is product line manager at Nokia. Uh, Roman, welcome to the podcast. And can you just, before we start diving into the new feature, give us a quick overview of SR Linux as some of the key value propositions. Sure. Back in 2020, Nokia released data center focused network operating system that we call SR Linux. And because we had like a clean slate in front of us, we started to do things right. If I may say so, for example, we started with modular architecture instead of traditional monolithic approach. And we also uh, had a, an API first vision that we kind of dragged along through through the design process. For example, every interface that Azure Linux has uses the common API layer that is unified and shared across all the northbound and southbound interfaces. And of course, we also had a key focus on extensibility and programmability. Features like NDK, our NetOps development kit, programmable CLI, fully end coverage, some of those things we we, dis we discussed with you uh, at Network Break and TechBytes. And that all was coupled with leveraging uh, a routing pedigree from our bigger brother, Nokia SRS operating system that powers largest mm -hmm. ISP networks. Mm -hmm. So the the messaging that I got when we did those shows with you before, we've done a few shows on this, is that uh, SR Linux is a, a Linux-based operating system for networking, so a NOS, if you like. Come the apps on there, like the routing and, and all the services that you expect, the BGP stacks and the MPLS and all that, is all comes from the heritage that Nokia brings in its telco land. And so it's got a high degree of confidence. You've actually sold quite a lot of it as well. I was looking at your financial results. So the move to SR Linux and this API first design idea has actually been met with some success. But what we wanted to talk today about is this SR Linux has a new automation framework. Now we know you've got lots of automation in here already, very API driven. You've got Fabric System Services, which is a controller for the data center. The same applies to the WAN and the optical networks as well. But we just wanted to focus on this feature, which is this automation framework. So just preview that for us, Romain. Yeah, sure. So as you as you just said, we kind of have a very extensible and programmable system. And this new framework that we called Event Handler falls nicely into the same paradigm of extensibility. What Event Handler enables uh, us to do is that you can react to a specific system events that occur in SR Linux using programmable logic to define the actions that you would like to be taken in response to those events. Like if I put it in a simple words, you can write some scripts that are invoked when specific events occur. For example, when an operation, uh, when an interface goes operationally down or BGP state changes to some other state rather than established. Okay, so when a problem occurs that is detected, I can have a, a script that I've written just trigger to help me fix the event? Yeah, you can think about uh, fixing events where you can change the configuration or state of your system. And that way you will be able to either rem remedy the action or you can enhance the way your operating system behaves, such as that you have some programmable logic that your business case requires you to have. Okay, and this is based on scripts that I'm writing for my own environment. It's not something that Nikki is gonna provide mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, exactly. So we thought that it would make, it would make a lot of sense to give users the framework for them to decide how they want to react to specific events. So we do not want to force your hand and say, this is the only way you need to, you know, um, monitor your links and react to the state changes of operate of, uh, of interfaces, but mm. rather you have control over how you want to do that. Mm. 
I, I was thinking about where I would use this. And um, one uh, one situation where I was remembering was years ago, um, I had an uplink to a telco and every now and then it would stop. And then whenever we shut down the interface physically, like logged in and shut it down and then opened it back up, it would start working again. Is this is that a viable use case here? You could literally write a script that would do that automatically absolutely. when it detects? Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. You have like a full control what do you want to achieve with the like what your action would be yeah. for a specific reaction that you read from the system. And yeah. um, you can either trigger the configuration changes or you can invoke some operational commands on the system as, as a reaction to an event. Or you can even augment your Yank tree if you want, and we can discuss it further down the road. Mm -hmm. And another use case that um, I saw being promoted was in a ECMP spine. This is really interesting. So I'm going to try and explain it. So just bear with me. You know, when you've got a leaf spine, you've got a client attached to two leaves, and then the leaves are connected up to the spine. But if you lose one of the leaves completely, but the the client interface is still up, but the uplinks to the to the to the core are gone, then traffic will still be forwarded to the leaf and end up, you know, and and the client would be load balancing. And in that case, you can say if I've got no connection to the to the ECMP spine or the CLOS spine. I want to shut down the client-facing port. Now that's very useful for a sort of an automated ECMP VPN, eVPN, VXLAN type setup. Because if the physical ports up going or the routes to the upper hop going aren't there, you want to shut down that interface to the client because the client doesn't know that one of the switches is effectively no longer forwarding frames. Yeah, absolutely. You summed it up rather nicely. If I would just, you know, provide a few more details on that one. This, this use case is often called operational groups. And what it does is that it kind of creates a fate sharing between the uplink interfaces on a switch and the downlink interfaces, which are connected to the, mm -hmm. to the servers typically, right? And yeah. as, you, as you just described, the black holing can occur when one of the uplinks or two of the uplinks or many of the uplinks on one leaves uh, go down. The client has no idea so that such event happens. So mm -hmm. it starts, it continues to use the uh, one of the lags in the LECP group and effectively traffic gets black holed on the leaf that doesn't have any mm. more uplinks. Sounds and like interface tracking from years gone by, but exactly, more, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But we but I'm to, I'm writing a script to do this. I'm creating an operational group. It's a bit more flexible because I can also do it with routes. You know, it could be that I'm not receiving any routes from the upstream spines. I should take the take these take that interface down, for example. Yeah, absolutely correct. So we wanted to give users control on what they want to monitor and what would the action be, rather than saying that you only can monitor operational states of the uplinks. You mm. can really subscribe or, or get the information from BGP uh, peerings, for example, and do some smart things like back pressure and, and um, exponential back off when you want to uh, put your downlink not as fast as 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 the event occurs, but has some, you know, timing in place. So with that scripts, you will be able to define your own logic, the best it fits your particular environment and business goals. And assuming in most cases, people would be thinking that an SDN controller of some sort would be handling this. It would say, oh, look, I can see that this, but it implies an out-of-band network that the controller is either on-site connecting to all of these devices to see or to note this problem. This is sort of a different sort of a thing. There are specific times when these ECMP fabrics don't have an SDN controller locally, or they're a more comprehensive use case is to say in a, in a WAN routing situation or in a 
telco backbone or a corporate backbone, that sort of thing. It's far more flexible. Yes, true. And also sometimes I hear a question like, why would I want to run those local scripts if I have the SDN controller? But for example, uh, one of the things that immediately comes to mind that the local action gets executed faster than a central controller would be able to read the data out and program it, especially mm. considering that not everybody has fast management interfaces such as GeoCity. And now I'm thinking example. storage network. Uh, or, yeah. You know, or an 800 gig or 1.2 terabit link. But, you know, if it takes you 30 seconds to shut it down, you've actually lost a significant amount of traffic. Yeah, for the operational group use cases, the speed of reaction is critical. So you want to be as fast as possible. And then an action that is taken locally will be inherently faster, right? So Mm. is there some kind of element on each switch watching for events so that it can then uh, work through this process to kick off a script and, and fix the problem? Yeah, as we typically have in SR Linux, Every every piece of SR Linux is a separate process. And mm-hmm. Event Handler has its own manager called Event Manager. That is the manager that you configure with instances that can be uh, ca- that can watch over the paths that you want them to watch. So you say, if I need to watch these particular uplinks and their operational state, you just configure your event handler instance and say, I want to monitor these particular links. And yes, this event manager will then subscribe to those events and will trigger your script once any of the uplink state changes. Okay, so you sort of anticipated my next question. It sounds like you're trying to make this a very lightweight kind of utility as opposed to I'm watching every single event on every single switch and flooding you with telemetry and alerts and alarms. You're saying you program event manager to look for specific things and if action happens, take Y uh, result. Yeah, true. You don't want to have a subscription that spans your entire state data store because that would be very taxing on any switch, right? Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how many cores and RAM you have. So the more precise you are in your uh, particular paths that you want to monitor, the less burden your switch will have when it manages all those subscriptions. So for the operational use case, operational group use case, you subscribe to uplinks and their operational state, or you want to, if you want to change it to BGP peering state, you subscribe to BGP peering state, and then only this information will be fed to your script and it will operate on the data received from event manager. Now, when a script needs to be kicked off, is uh, the switch uh, pulling it from some kind of repository or do I sort of preload the scripts to, to follow a process? We have two stage approach here. So first we offer some scripts that are written by Nokia itself. And these are, for example, operational uh, group use cases, something that is standard and everybody needs it. So we ship it with, with SRO Linux NOS mm. itself. And you can find them on in our documentation and on, on disk, of course. But if you wanted to deploy your own scripts, you just create them and you move them to a predefined directory on the switch so that event manager can uh, search for them. And then you just say, uh, I use this path on my network operating system to call this particular script. An event manager will take this file and parse it and uh, interpret and execute. Okay. And is the mm-hmm. idea here to have this all happen automatically, or do I want this to run through a workflow where you know it's either Slack Ops or a ticket gets open so I can see what's happening? Or do you anticipate customers just going to let this uh, event handler run kind of almost in the background? kicking off scripts and fixing problems. Yeah, so event handler event handler runs scripts 
every time when there is a change on any of the paths that is under their monitoring control. So mm. whenever anything changes, Event Handler automatically kicks off a script. And then the logic that you bake in your script takes an action, or it can take no action if there is nothing to do with the data that it receives, right? Mm -hmm. So you as an operator, you decide what do you want to do with the data that you receive because you are the only one who knows what to do with the data. And then, of course, the action can be something like notify somebody on a Slack channel or on Discord channel or send an SMS. So you can you can have an actions like that as well. Okay, so the event can be logged somewhere else as well. So I can sort of like, oh, this happened and yes, everything worked out okay. Yeah, so as far as the action actions go, you have a plethora of opportunities here. So you can change configuration. For example, you may say like if the if my BGP peering went down, I want to shut down something on my NOS. And of course, it can be anything that 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 exists in SRL Linux because we have a fully Yang modeled data store, both for configuration and state. So you can change configuration. You can also change operational state of the ports. That is, again, uh, in line with the operational group use case. So you can kind of ephemerally put operational, operational state of, of the interface down or up, depends on the use case. And you can also call some scripts that exist on the nose. And these are not event handler scripts, but any scripts that you have. It can be a bash script that calls a program. It can be a logging uh, utility of Linux to create a syslog message, for example. So anything you can run on Linux, you can invoke as an action of the event handler. And this is one of the things about a Linux based NOS is that you've got a lot more of this state and configuration. Like if anybody's listening, they're sort of thinking, you know, of the sort of old ways of running, building a NOS, not based on a modern architecture. This is something that's enabled by the fact that this is a relatively new development. The whole network operating system is a ground up change. That's got this capability to do this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been doing network engineering for quite a while. And I remember working on the traditional, uh, let's say, uh, network operating systems, and I wish I had all the yeah. AWKs, yeah. grabs, and SADs of the world, you know, to, to make my operational life easier. And when you run things on, on the Linux, these tools come come free to you. So that's really a blessing. Yeah. I can remember trying to do this in Perl with SNMP and TCL back in the day. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and this is just an API, you know, you write a script on board, you don't even have to pull any APIs, you almost define it in the CLI from what I can see. So I was looking at the uh, learn.srlinux.dev website, and it's showing you how to, to do this in a lab. And as we talked about in other uh, shows, you can actually build all of this into a test lab on a machine just using containers. You can download the containers and set it up in a sort of like a Kubernetes style environment and play with all of this if you want to find out how it works. Exactly. We we got a lot of good mileage out of this approach because I think mm. you learn best when there is a practical lab that you can get your hands on, right? And learn mm. by doing is something that I love very much. And I think it kind of caters to a lot of engineers. Okay. So we're getting toward the end of our time here, but uh, Roma, very quickly, we, we touched on a couple of use cases. Are there other things I can do with Event Handler? Yeah. So we spoke about the operational group use case and there are different variants, variations uh, for it. Uh, one one thing that I would like to mention as well is that you can also do some augmented configuration. For example, you can automatically react to LLDP state changes on the box and configure the interface descriptions based on the 
LLDP neighbor information and kind of have, you know, auto-configurable descriptions for your neighbors, which is quite cool. And one of the things that we recently added to, or still working on adding to Event Handler is being able to augment your Yang model. And this opens a lot of opportunities for operators to do stuff like on-box alerting when you have uh, a thresholds that you can cross and your, your script will create a Yang leaf and augment your Yang state with the alarm that you want to, to, to present to a, a network management system, for example. You can also do the same with performance monitoring and something like change history where you can, for example, record the state changes of interfaces going up and down or BGP states going up and down. And that can really simplify the uh, long running debugging process because you will have the history captured in your mm -hmm. Yang state. So I think these, these are one of the interesting use cases that operators can explore. All right. Well, we'll have uh, links in the show notes for folks if they want to dig into this. Uh, but Roman, before we go, if there's uh, a simple website folks could uh, grab if they want to start checking this out, where would they go? Yeah, I recommend everybody to check out learn.srlinux.dev. That is our collection of tutorials and labs explaining all the cool stuff about SRLinux, and you will find operational group use case explained here as well. Okay, that's learn.srlinux.dev. We'll also have other links in the show notes. Uh, thank you, Roman, for explaining Event Handler, and thanks to Nokia for being a sponsor. Uh, if you like this episode, there are many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at PacketPushers. Find us on LinkedIn, hear us on Spotify, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.